Welcome to Jimmy and Neil Have Problems. Today, we're tackling the problem that car range estimates neglect geography. They they lie, basically. I've done a lot of driving across the country recently. I live in Los Angeles. My family, my fiance's family live in Michigan and Indiana. And so we drive across. And when you drive the northern route through Colorado, your car range says, oh, you have 400 miles left. You really have like 300 because you're driving straight uphill for half of it. And to, to an extent, there's a little bit of balancing out in that you're going downhill for a long time after that. But there's stretches like eastern Colorado is like 200 miles of uphill to get mm -hmm. to Denver, basically. And it's just a, it's a problem because you misgauge how much gas you have. And in some areas, that can be a real problem. Like in New Mexico, there's not there's gas stations, you know, once every 50 miles at certain mm -hmm. points. So. I have a question um, yeah. because my car is too stupid to have any, any, any. estimate. <laughs> yeah. So how quickly does it adjust your, your range? Cause obviously when. Yeah. I, I assume that it is figuring out some sort of fuel rate burn. Yep. And then it just multiplies that by the amount of gallons left in the car. Yeah. And How quickly does that change? Like when you're driving uphill for essentially 200 miles, does your, your car knows that it's driving at less fuel efficiency, but I wonder at what point does it take that new fuel efficiency and use that for the estimation? Well, it's problematic how quick it is. Like if for me, if I hop in the car and I accelerate too fast onto the highway, mm -hmm. sometimes it'll drop me down it's like well that's not necessary okay yep. and then well and the, and the problem with like a place like colorado is like okay it's all contextual if you have 400 miles in the tank like and 200 are uphill and 200 are downhill you're good it's not a yeah like you're gonna have an inaccurate estimate halfway through about how much range you actually mm -hmm. have yep yep and so yeah it's it's like on the on the same time, it's too touchy, so it adjusts too quickly. And it's mm -hmm. also, it's really that it doesn't know the future, but you do. Like, you know yep. most of the time where you're going, yep. and you should an be able to figure problem. out. It's an information problem. Yeah, and I, I think similarly in LA, there's a traffic that's neglected. So, yeah, if you mm -hmm. want to get to this place, like, in theory, you could get there quickly. And at certain yep. times of the day, you can get there just fine. And your mm -hmm. gas mileage is not going to be any different, but sometimes you get stuck. Yeah, you're going zero miles an hour, but your car's on. And, you know, obviously that's going to affect your range. Yeah. And I, I think, think... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you, you first. That was a mirror. Well, I, a couple of things. One is that these systems, like, Oh, I forget my first thing. My second thing was um, gas versus electric. How do these handle it? How does the Tesla handle this versus how a, a car or a gas car handles it? Yeah. My thought, briefly answering that question or speculating on that question, my guess is that Teslas and, and most electric vehicles do much better simply because they are more integrated systems. Yeah, could you break that down? I saw that you said that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite sure what you meant yeah. by that. So when I'm in my car, 
my car has no driving assist systems and it has no GPS system. So there is no possibility for me to use my or to use my car as a mapping system. Yep. Whereas with Tesla, there oh, is, I see what right? you mean. Yes, the car yep. knows where you're going. It knows how. Yeah, those driving instructions and yada yada yada. So it has theoretically all the information it needs. That's a very good point. Yeah. So when it's a more integrated techie system, it can mm -hmm. have better estimates. Yep. I wonder if GPSs do this at all. Like in terms of like a Garmin separate GPS, does this attempt to handle geography in any way? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it handles geography. Yeah. Well, I, I do have guesses. One, when you do Google Maps now prioritizes the most fuel efficient option. So they oh, must interesting. know. Oh, you're right. Geography. Yeah. Huh. Um, but it's really cool. They, uh, an external GPS, whether it's your phone or a standalone GPS is not going to be able to give you a car range estimate because it also has an information problem where it doesn't know the amount of fuel and the fuel burn rate. This is why Apple needs to make a car. Can you imagine what Apple would do with this? Just the integrated system, like how good they are at making things work seamlessly together. Like that'd be wild. Like mm -hmm. you could, you could check your range on your phone. Like that's mm -hmm. crazy to me. And like, this is where autonomous cars get exciting for me. Cause it's like, if your car is low mm -hmm. on battery, you just freaking send it to plug itself in, you know, or, yeah. or send it somewhere or, to swap a or battery. It doesn't out. even need that. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, it just goes and charges itself. Yeah, yeah it's just like, oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> this is something I need to do. Oh, it's so yeah. cool. But I think back to this, I didn't know that Google Maps would take you the most fuel-efficient route. That's fascinating to me because so for a while I've been thinking about climate change and I've just been like, oh, yeah, it's it's a problem. And now, mm -hmm. though, that I live in a place that's more affected by it, it's more top of mind. So I've been thinking a lot about it. I think this whole when you think about Google and Apple Maps, optimizing for fuel efficiency, like think about how incredible yeah. that is in terms of environmental impact. Like you could save a ton of energy. Mm -hmm. Like just, and it's so interesting because it's kind of decentralized. Like in a way it's like, it's like not everyone, like theoretically everyone would have to choose, I'm going to drive more efficiently. But yeah. there's this system, since everyone uses it, you can, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like a fleet. I think it's like be, a fleet already. It'd be crazy to see what what the impact of that switch is. And yeah. then, uh, it's also a perfect example of a nudge from exactly book, where yep. it is uh, preserving everyone's liberty to choose. You can choose whatever route you want, but most people are just going to say, yep, especially because it's usually one or two minutes different yep. it doesn't matter you know if you take the most fuel efficient or the shortest route yep here's here's something that that brings up two things for me one we're already in an autonomous age and we just don't know it right basically google and apple are directing everyone mm -hmm. it's not quite autonomous but it's the idea that like 
we're directed fleets. That's already happening. Two, this brings up the fact that I think maps should be a public utility. They are free on both Google and Apple, but this is becoming, now that I think about it, this is a public utility at this point. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. taking a step back yeah. on this problem, I think it's very interesting. When I was hiking the Arizona Trail, I had a map and the elevational profile was very, very prominent. And, and everyone was very aware. Oh, that's interesting. And yep. comparing that where everyone knew, mm. you know, in the number of feet of elevation change between now and camp. Yeah. Whereas it's, you know, I'm going to drive to LA. Is that flat? Is that yeah? What I, like it? It only totally really, unaware. Only really serious things like impact that. Like I drive through New Mexico instead of Colorado because I'm terrified of heights. Mm -hmm. But there's still elevation change in New Mexico and Arizona. Yep. Like I just, yep. it's not as big as like the Rocky Mountains are pretty imposing. But yeah, we have no recognition of geography. I recently started riding the scooters, like the Lime, mm -hmm. and it was fascinating to get around on that level. Like, mm -hmm. it's just so different. Cars are very isolating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've touched on a couple solutions, you know, have the car compute more fully or have yep. an external computer compute more fully. Yep. Like your um, phone. Yep. What are other solutions? Well, I... I've, You've got a great one. Yeah. Um, get rid of mountains. This reminds me of your solution to, what was it? The Christmas trees? Eliminate all plants. Like that was the yep. solution. Yes. Yeah. Uh, bulldoze all mountains. Yeah. Ah, this is interesting. I, I wonder if having some type of indicator of elevation in a car mm -hmm. would be helpful. Like maybe we could do this a little bit in our heads. Like, Maybe our brains are actually the solution. Like, if you know, are more aware of the geography, maybe you can adjust mm -hmm. the range in your head yeah. a little bit. I wonder. Yeah. So there's this disconnect where our input to a car is so minuscule, right? You're, you're, yeah. you know, your foot off the gas pedal to, to the floor we're talking a couple inches yeah right? that's a great point yeah and, and that changes so much yeah so there's just like little gradations mental gradations on how we interact with our environment and mm -hmm. if we implemented things back into it you know oh and that yeah be as simple as is going back to stick shift because if you're going up a big mountain, you're you right. Need to downshift depending on the grade. Yep. Yep. That's an interesting point. We part of the problem is we just aren't impacted by this until it's mm -hmm. really severe. Something I'm wondering is how big of a problem is this problem? Like how inaccurate are these estimates? This would be fun to measure the next time I drove across the country mm -hmm. to say, what does my range say? at different mm -hmm. points in time, like sample my range and then yep. give the actual, you know, amount that I went. 
Yep. That'd be fun. I also just wonder how accurate these ranges are in general. There was yes, one time. That's a great question. Me and my dad were driving back from Isle Royal. So it was six hours on the ferry and then like 10 hours of driving. Yeah. And we were going to get back late at night. And I looked at the range and our range was like 10 miles more than the distance that it took oh, to yep. get home. Yep. I know that. Yeah. And then once we, once the ga- gas light turned on at about 40 miles, excuse me, 40 miles left, it stopped showing me the range. Oh, great. That's fun. And I, I was exhausted from, you know, a week of backpacking on the island and then like in transit the entire day. Mm-hmm. And I want, it's like, okay, there's, you know, 40 miles left. If that's true, we, we have like 10 miles more and there's multiple gas stations within 10 miles of where I live. Yep. So my time value is more important right now than it is in the morning. I'll go fill up the car in the morning. But then when it turned off, like it totally eliminated my trust in the system. Yep. So that's, I guess that's my pet peeve of, of the system. Yeah, we don't have any idea how accurate it is and how, mm-hmm. I mean, mine goes down to zero. I've been like a negative range at certain points. Oh, good. So that's fun. I also the, yeah. think this, I don't think it's a problem we have, but maybe one that people will relate with more fully is um, battery estimates on phones. Ooh, this is, that's a great connection. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't affect use. Like, yeah, you've got a hundred percent, but if you watch Netflix for an hour, mm-hmm. like, boom, you're down to fifty percent. So it wasn't actually a hundred percent. What does it actually mean? Yeah. Do iPhones predict when you when your battery will run out? No. No. Oh, no. yeah. Mine not. will. Mine will say you know, until you know, six a.m. Right. Oh, that's great. And that sounds it, nice. And same thing where if I, you know, watch YouTube for a while, it's going to bump down. That's really helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. Apple doesn't do that. Terrible. It's figures. Well, all right. On a scale of from, from raisin brand, no, no, no. we have oh, to do, do something. cereals. Yeah, but but we've got you know. From sea oh, level you're right. to 14,000 feet. Where is you're right. That's the way to do it. I, I'm going to put it at 10,000 feet. I really liked it. I'm surprised. I think there's a lot of ideas I want to dig into more. Namely, that maps are a public utility. I want to dive into that. It, this, this was really fun for me. I don't know. It had more juice to it than I thought it would. Yeah. Where do you at? I'll, I'll put it at about 2,000 feet. I don't oh, really wow. care. Um, yeah. It brings up some adjacent interesting things, but yeah, that's, yeah, the that's problem what... itself, I don't really care. <laughs> that's true. The problem is I, I think it's minuscule now that I say it. Like The more I think about it, the more I'm like, this probably doesn't... I don't know. It's somewhat of a problem. Like It's really only if you're driving through Colorado and you're <laughs> the first 200 Colorado. miles. 200 miles are uphill, 200 miles are downhill. Your range is all over the place. Yep. That's about it. 
All right, folks, thank you so much. If you have a solution to this problem, let us know. Drop us a line at gordium.us at gmail.com or check out our website at gordium.us. Thank you so much for joining us.